Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. To another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. It is, by the time you guys are hearing this, just a couple of days before Christmas, I believe. Or maybe, if you're listening, you know, a couple of days after it's been out, maybe it is Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you. Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. We're glad you guys are sprint- or choosing to spend a little bit of your holiday season here with us at the Track in the Storm podcast. Whether you're a new listener, shout out to our boy Starlo for giving us a bunch of new followers the other day. Um I don't know if any of those are actually going to listen to us or if they were just there for the free tickets. But, you know, if you are here, welcome. Or if you've been Hello. here forever, again, we appreciate you guys uh, more than you know for sticking with us for a couple of years now we've been doing this, man. Um, it's been, this it's is been the third cut. season? Second season? Yeah, yeah, this is season three, I guess. Um, it's like it's been a while. <laughs> I know. Anyway. We're uh, coming up on 100 episodes, by the way. I believe the last episode was 94. I think this one's 95. Really? Yeah. We were already past 100. I'm not going to lie to you. No. We, in that case, we got to do something special, man. It's yeah, 100 episodes coming up pretty soon. Uh, this is year three. How does that make any sense? Because we, you know, we do this pretty much. We've taken a few weeks off and we started. So it's technically the third year, like the third hockey season that we right. started, I think, in January or February of 2021. That's true. Okay, so that makes sense, I guess. You're right. So yeah, we okay. technically haven't even been doing this whole thing for two calendar years yet. Okay, so that, that makes more sense. But anyway, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, the Hurricanes are on a six-game winning streak. They're on a 12-game point streak where they have gone 10-0-2. Piotr Kochekov is taking the league and our hearts by storm in his little post-game interview last night we're going to talk about that um we'll get into all that stuff we are going to tell you what we are going to give the hurricanes this holiday season (laughs) uh we're going to take some fan questions and we're going to talk some world juniors uh because that is coming up in just a couple of days actually very exciting time for matt and i and all the other prospect enjoyers out there but first I actually wanted to kick things off and talk a little bit about something that our boy Trip Tracy said on the broadcast last night. Now, Matt, I know you were working, so you probably didn't even hear this. I did not, no. I'm very curious to hear about it. You could have seen a tweet about it. I I did see a couple of people talking about it. but uh... Yeah, bold of you to assume that I'm on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, bold of me to assume you see anything a Canes fan says on Twitter. Anyway. (laughs) Uh. He said during the broadcast 
that Pyotr Kochekov is the best goalie in the NHL right now. And I did take that to mean he's the hottest, like he is playing at the highest level of any goaltender in the NHL right now. I saw a lot of people clowning on that statement. I think I agree, man. This kid is playing out of his freaking mind. Last night, he is the only reason. I mean, <laughs> the Devils, they're in a rut right now, all right? Like, let's, let's call it what it is. They, they're kind of in one of those stretches where, as we've, we've seen the Hurricanes go through it a million times, just nothing's going right for them. They were by far the best team on the ice last night between them and the Canes. They should have scored. I mean, I think Coach Ekhoff was over three goals saved above expected last night. Um, there was a pretty e- – you don't even have to squint super hard to see a scenario where the Devils win that game. I think the Hurricanes definitely backed off a little bit and were playing more passively because they had a pretty big lead, but Devils definitely controlled possession. They definitely controlled the shot clock, or not shot clock, the shot board. I don't, I don't what do you even call it in hockey, I guess? <laughs> the, the shot count. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and Kochekov is the reason the Hurricanes were able to hold on and hold them off, only getting dented late in the game by a pretty little move by Jack Hughes. Um but yeah, I just I just love that little quip. But that's that's such an interesting. Um, I mean, you know, Trip. He he he's gonna go to bat for the Canes. Yeah, he he's has. gonna go to bat for his guys. But here's here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some stats that actually our good friend Andrew Schnitker, friend of the podcast, oh, brought boy. up this week. Kochekov's goals against average of 1.94 is second among NHL goalies this year. His save percentage is tied for third. It's a 9.28. And he has three shutouts, which would be tied for second in the league. Andrew says two in his tweet, but he meant to say three. Um, That's good. <laughs> that's pretty good. He yeah. has also, I believe this uh was a stat that Mike Sunheim retweeted, I want to say. Um Kochekov has allowed the fewest goals for any goalie that has played over 750 minutes this season. So there's the stats to back up what Trip is saying. Because like on the surface, you're like, okay, Trip, like, yeah, uh Igor Shesterkin exists, you know. That's There's so league. many other really good goalies in this league. What the hell are you talking about? But Lavsky probably still has something doing. to say about that. Yeah. Look at what Piotr's doing as a 23-year-old goalie playing, you know, let's for, let's not forget, you know, so he here's here's what's crazy. I'm going to pull up Piotr's Elite Prospects page real quick. Okay? So, so far in Piotr's NHL career, he has played 17 games with four playoff games. So, 21 starts. And that's coupled with 26 starts at the AHL level. So, 47 pro games in North America total. That's less than 50 games. That's like less than a season's worth of work for like an NHL starter and he's coming into the league looking like a legitimate stud first goalie beating Auntie Ranta. And it's causing not even just fans, because I mean, you know, you know, fans can can always be like 
oh well this guy's doing really good so the other guys must suck you know like that's that's how fans work i was hearing today how like the fans that were chanting like sorry to uh lindy ruff are starting to think that maybe they should chant fire lindy again like that's the nature of fandom it's so volatile right kochekov's making members of the media like trip like I listened to Kane's cast this week, Mike Maniscalco, Shane Willis, you know, they're starting to think, man, like even if, and even I say, if when Anderson comes back, you can't take the crease away from P- Piotr right now yep. until Piotr starts falling off. If, if that happens, you can't take the crease away from him. He has one regulation loss. Right. There's two sides to this, right? Like, on the one hand, yes, like, you have to keep him in the net at this point. Ride this hot streak as long as you can. But, like, you know, going back to what you were talking about, it is so rare. This is this is a sentiment that I've said on this podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. It is so rare for a young goalie to come into the league and find success right away. Like, in, yeah. at all. And seeing something like this where he's legitimately one of the best goalies in the league right now is pretty unprecedented. Now, so let's, I don't know. I like I have no idea what Piotr's future holds. I really don't. I'm right. pretty confident at this point he's a starting goalie in the NHL. Beyond that, don't know. Is he top 10? Probably. I like to think so. Is it possible he's not? Absolutely. So, you know, <laughs> because of how unpre- unprecedented it is, I... I I have a very I, I have no idea what to predict is going to unfold other than right now this is the guy that from his athleticism his ability to battle and make all these great aggressive saves old school saves in the net he's just an infectious kid and like we saw it with his his interview last night right like and I oh, yeah. there was actually an interview on the radio today with uh Joe Obias and Joe Gilio um Hannah Ray Yates, who the you know Hurricanes in arena or Bally's, I guess, in arena um sideline reporter, whatever you want to call her, she was talking about how like they weren't they were gonna interview Slavin. Like they didn't want to put Kochekov in a bad spot. He doesn't speak a lot of English, all that. So they were just gonna interview Slavin. He was a second star, whatever. And instead, here he comes jumping over the boards, like volunteering. He's like, No, I want to do this interview. And it's just how can you not love that kid he's just excited he's excited to be here he's excited to play hockey and it's it it's like a childlike excitement but in a good way right and that's big for the team in front of him too like that's a guy you want to go to battle with you want to lay down and block shots for you want to see succeed and i think that's only good for team chemistry yeah you're you're his play energizes you and his attitude the way he treats the game right now, it, it, it's so exciting to see. But what's 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 important about that is like the moment, like he doesn't lose sight of the moment, right? right. Like as soon as the game starts, like he might have fun, but he is dialed in, focused. And even Svechnikov mentioned like ice cold mind. He is just as soon as the puck is dropped, that's it. It is showtime he's going to do whatever he can to allow zero goals. And he's done a damn good job of it. He's literally allowed less than two goals a game this year. Yeah. 
and 59 save percentage in the last five games during which the hurricanes are five and oh yeah he's he's been absurd and then the thing is you know again auntie ronta is a legitimate nhl goalie um frederick anderson has been a great goalie for all of his career and yet Piotr is overtaking them um i i pulled up uh shesterkin's um stats because he broke into the league actually around the exact same age about 22 to 23 his first year with the rangers uh which was the 2019 20 season he had 12 starts and a 932 save percentage right Piotr's numbers and what kind of like Piotr last year he kind of got showed in the playoffs by the hurricanes if you recall yeah so Piotr I'm not saying that Piotr is going to become Shesterkin. Shesterkin has, um, you know, a a little thing called a Vezina trophy. (laughs) Um, But there's reason to believe, especially after what we're seeing. And with every passing game, you get more of a sample size and there's less doubts about (laughs) Kochekov to where I'm like, man, I, I can't deny that this kid just has it. Right. To finish my thought on the Rangers thing, I think it was actually kind of similar to the Hurricanes last year where they started out with Lundqvist, maybe still Lundqvist at that point in time. They went to Shesterkin when they were like down in the series already. And I think he struggled. But that was the it was the start of the changing of the guard. Right. Right. It was a small sample size, but it's it's there's a lot of comparables there is what I'm saying. But I kind of want to stick with that theme because I think this is actually a conversation I was having with Andrew last night talking about how he's kind of starting to get this reputation for really being able to show up in the big games too. Now again, I'm willing to throw out his playoffs last year. Cause he was mostly coming in in relief and the hurricanes kind of stunk in front of him. And he had been in North America for what, like two months. Um, but think about last year, late last year, he got a start in a game against the Rangers with a playoff seating. I can't remember exactly what on the line and he was awesome. And then last night, mm-hmm. sure. It's mid December. It's really doesn't, it's not that big of a game, but two teams tied atop the lead, the division and he comes out and just absolutely steals the show and is by far the best player on the ice. He's been the hurricanes best player for a couple of weeks now. And I mean, and, and another part of that is Martin Brodeur was in the building last night. It was another thing they were talking about. I think pregame trip Tracy and uh, Mike Maniscalco showing out for his idol. He was fantastic. That's the kind of guy you want to go to war with because he's he in the big moments. Kochekov is already starting to prove that he is not going to be the, the moment's not too big for him. He's going to come in there. He's going to get the job done. And he's definitely done that pretty much every time he's been asked to for the Hurricanes since coming over. I think eventually, you know, the discourse about whether the Hurricanes are going to keep two goalies is going to or like three goalies. That's going to disappear because I think the Hurricanes don't see a point in trading a goalie to get to like help the competition. If that makes any sense, like teams that need a goalie right now are teams that are playoff teams. So if, if the hurricanes trade a goalie to them, they're literally helping a team that they might face in the playoffs. And that, that just seems counterproductive, but you don't care the West somewhere. Yeah, but even even then, like I, I'd still rather not trade a goalie because you don't need draft picks right now. Again, yeah. this is the prospects guy saying that you don't need draft picks right now. 
<laughs> you have a system that's in the middle of the league right now. You've got a lot of solid B to C plus level prospects where you can afford to just keep three goalies on the roster. Now, if if a deal comes through where you can add like a legitimate superstar player and you know, it requires moving a Auntie Ranta to make that player fit in the salary cap, then you explore it, you know, because like, you know, Bo Horvat's name has been thrown out. We'll get to that a little bit later, but like, you know, if the Hurricanes can acquire a Bo Horvat level player, then maybe you consider moving one of the two goalies. If it makes your team better, you definitely think you definitely do it. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like, yeah, you don't want to trade goal. You can never have too many goalies. Like the Hurricanes have proven that the last two years, you know. So and the Hurricanes can... don't make trades that they lose. Like th- yeah, that's just that's true. like under Don Waddell, name a trade that they've lost. Oh, the Jeff Skinner deal. Ha, gotcha. Piotr was in that deal. Um, obviously you don't know what you're getting from the draft picks, but it is kind of funny that you know Piotr and now our best prospect alexander nikishin were both in that deal (laughs) but like think about it you know look at the moves that the hurricanes have made since 2019 when you acquired you know brady shea for a first round pick people thought that was outlandish but then they draft seth jarvis with their other first round pick trading things for vincent trocek trocek was a great player for us um brent burns max pacioretty getting him for actual free Nothing, you know, so like the Canes, we had to take on deals. We had to take on Dylan Coughlin (laughs) and Dylan Coughlin has played in at least two NHL games for us. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know. I'm just saying, right. Like you get the Canes have not made like a bad trade and you could, I mean, people, people outside are going to say like, Oh, the Adam Fox trade. And like, don't you wish you could have kept him? Sure. I mean, like, yeah, we wish we could have signed him, but it was very obvious that he did not want to sign anywhere but the Rangers. Right. Getting draft picks for Adam Fox is good. I know I'm going off on a little tangent here, but the whole point is the Canes aren't going to trade a goalie just to trade a goalie. Right. Like, that's not how this team operates. They don't slam the panic button. Like, this isn't like the Edmonton Oilers, right? Right. Where, like, you're not going to make a trade just to make a trade. Or with the value of picks right now, just knowing what I know about this draft and what I've seen, this isn't a draft that I'm like screaming for more picks in, you know? Yeah. Every year it's like, Oh my God, this is such a deep draft. And every year it ends up not being a deep draft. So we don't need draft picks. Um, just keep the three goalies for now. So despite the fact that literally he's pretty much the buzz around Hurricanes hockey right now, Pyotr Kochekov is not the only thing that is going right for the Canes. And we would be remiss if we didn't at least talk about some of the other things. Um, again, they're on a six-game win streak right now. You know, they're playing their best hockey of the season, starting to see the team round into form, and that's coming without Sebastian Ajo. Obviously, Max Pacioretty's not back yet. Andre Kasha's not back yet. Um, all three of those guys are skating. It's been good to see them back at practice. Mm-hmm. So hopefully more help is on the way soon. But this homestand uh, and even the, the road trip before it, like we, we've really started to see this team rounded into form. And, and it's not just Kochekov. 
you know, we've talked a little bit about how some of the depth scoring is starting to show up. I want to point out two players that even though they're not tearing up the score sheet, I love the energy they're bringing to the team. And that is Seth Jarvis and yes, Barry Kokanami. Now I would still like to see more offense out of Kokanami. Don't get me wrong. I still have my reservations about his upside. That's all well and good, but he's been really physical lately. And I love the way he's getting in on the forecheck, just like Jarvis. And they're actually kind of heading up the physical side of the Hurricanes play right now. And mm-hmm. I think when you've got that, along with the Jordan Stahl line, who continues to be physically dominant, Jordan Stahl is playing excellent hockey right now. The Hurricanes are playing some, they're starting to find their identity as that forechecking team they have been for the last couple of years under Rod Brindamore. I don't think they have your standard top six at this current point in time. And yet they're still finding ways to beat all these top Metro division teams and they're in first place in the freaking division now. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's one of the bigger, maybe a little bit overlooked points um, it's of what's going right for the team right now. Yeah, Kokaniemi's, I look at his goal against New Jersey. That is the way that we need him to play. He's in front of the net. He makes a nice move to protect the puck, gets a shot off, collects his own rebound, scores. That's that's what you need from him. He's he's a big body. He has that powerful frame. If he can just start being a more imposing presence around the net, you're going to start to see him maybe not contribute as much like on the score sheet, but he's going to be in the way of the goalie and that's going to lead to offense from other players no matter what, right? Look at what Stefan Nason's doing this year. Nason, I had a thread on him today that I'm very proud of about how like sometimes work ethic and like how hard a player works can carry them further than their skill can. And Nason's a perfect example. Um, He has, I think, a handful of points this season on the power play just because he's been in front of the net. He's able to power the puck through and make plays. He has quite a few deflection goals this year because he, he's just always in front of the net. He's kind of and taken it, over that Vincent Trocek role. Yeah, and he's bigger. So yeah. he takes away the eyes of the goalie. And, I mean, you're like, you know, he's, I think he's, what, 6'2", 6'3", Trocek's about 5'10". You wouldn't think it makes that big of a difference, but it really does. Like, you're taking away more of the goalie's vision, and he's able to get his stick on the puck occasionally, he's hard to move out of that area. And Kokaniemi can learn something from that. I think he kind of is. He's realizing, you know, this is how I need to play in front of the net. Jarvis has never shied away from physicality. I think he's getting a little bit bigger, so the physicality is a little more noticeable. Um, He had a beautiful assist against Detroit um, to Brady Shea for that goal. And, you know, he's he's starting his goal against uh, the Stars perfect example of like how good Jarvis can be is he's not the biggest, but he's quick and he's surprisingly strong on the puck. So he made that power move to cut inside all of a sudden. There's nothing Wedgwood could have done to stop that. And then uh, I think it was our good friend, Starlo Kane stats that mentioned that the Jordan stall lines playing like our first line right now. Yeah. Jordan Stahl's playing out of his mind. Um, I know the points aren't always there for that line, but every time they're on the ice, 
the shift goes into the offensive zone and they just work the puck along the boards. They get it to the middle. They are wearing down the opposition. And over time during the game, that matters. Because all of a sudden, if they keep getting matched up against that line, that line's going to be dog tired by the end of the night. Absolutely. I mean, look at that shift last night. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, where Stahl scored. Yeah. That was a physically dominant shift. And he, and again, it's it's something I've said on this podcast, and I, I kind of meant it as a joke, but I'm also kind of serious. It's like, those Jordan and Eric Stahl wristers from the circles are lethal. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know what it is about them, but like, there's so much power behind those shots. And I think they just surprise goalies because, you know, Jordan Stahl is one of those players where like he's not he's never been the most skilled player ever. Right, like, right. And even on the Hurricanes, you know, he he's always been like a you know, when he was a, a 2C, you know, he was kind of miscast and now as our third line center, it's perfect. Like he's able to do what he does best and he has players on his line that do that. Yeah. Stahl is just a workhorse right now and you know Elliot Friedman's reporting that you know all signs are pointing to Jordan Stahl coming back here and for me I'm looking at the situation like well, yeah where where else would he go I mean he he's basically you know like in terms of work ethic wise he's Rod Brendamore personified definitely not as skilled and he's not a hall of fame player but like he's the type of player that Rod wants and something I already mentioned, like the Hurricanes need these guys that are stepping up and kind of taking bigger roles. Like early in the season when the Hurricanes weren't really playing that great, they had three players totally carrying their offense, right? Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, and Martin Natchez. Now, Natchez and Svechnikov have fallen off their pace ever so slightly. Sebastian Ajo has been out. The Hurricanes are winning anyway. If the Hurricanes get Ajo and Pacioretty, for that matter, back, and these guys can continue to play at this level, this is a team that can win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Like 100% can win a Stanley Cup. Will they? Uh, odds are what, like 10%? I mean, the odds for any team mostly are like, what, 10%, if even that? Whatever 1 in 16 is. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess technically you could do it that way, but I don't think every team that makes the playoffs really has – I don't know. The NHL playoffs are such a crapshoot. So maybe you're right. All right. One in 16. We'll go with that. So about a 5% chance, even closer to. Point is, as Matt was saying a minute ago, this team definitely has a higher gear they can get to. And I think they will once they start to get some of these players back. Same goes for Frederick Anderson, man. Like at some point, Piotr Kochekov is going to need a little bit of a break. Rod even was mentioning earlier, like the wear and tear. He, he, in, I think it was a Canes Country article, maybe, or, or News and Observer one, where he was talking about like it's a balancing act. You got to figure out how to ride the hot hand and not overuse him to the point where that hot handedness is going to wear off because he's tired. It is a very, very long NHL season. This is still a very young goalie that is adjusting to hockey over here. If Frederick Anderson come back and be the one B, and like start you know 40 50 percent of the games and play at the level he was at last year that is one hell of a goaltending tandem yeah and and i mean even if even if anderson is like 
how he's been in his career and not like Vesna candidate level. That's still a hell of a tandem because Auntie Ranta again has been fine. I, I would argue that he hasn't been great this year, but I also think you're not expecting Ranta to be like, you're expecting him to be the backup here. You're not expecting him to be the guy that you play every night that can steal games for you on a regular basis. You know, you just want him to come in and play well enough to give your team a chance to win games. And I think Ranta does that. All right, folks. So we are about to jump into our holiday special segment for you guys. Very excited for this. Um, But first let's take a quick break. Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network, so we're going to take just a quick minute and get a word from our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, don't miss your shot to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 on pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcasts for important details. And we're back. And we're back. So, Brandon, it's the holiday season. Damn right it is. Somebody wants a hippopotamus for Christmas. Somebody wants their two front teeth for Christmas. Allegedly, all Mariah Carey wants for Christmas is you. So what do you want to give the Carolina Hurricanes for Christmas this year? Something sexual. I don't like that. Okay. (laughs) Never mind, folks. The Christmas segment has been canceled. Um, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, We'll get you next year. Oh, yes. All right. Just trying to set the mood, you know. We are going Mm -hmm. to give you guys our three things each. So that's six total gifts the Hurricanes are getting for Christmas this year. They've been very good boys. Six gifts is a lot, man. I remember when I used to get six gifts for Christmas. Now I just get, like, socks and shit. Anyway, my first gift this holiday season is a new medical staff. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Health, man. I mean, that's that's, that's the easy one. I almost feel like this is kind of the coward's way out to even take this, especially to take it off the board first. But... Imagine what this team would be like with a healthy Andre Kasha, a healthy Max Pacioretty, and a healthy Sebastian Ajo. The Hurricanes, like, they've had some pretty bad injury luck in recent years. I feel like they lost Tara Bynum for a lot last year. They lost Frederick Anderson in the playoffs last year. Big losses, man. It's not reasonable to expect them to have every single player there that is signed to a contract by the time the playoffs roll around. And I understand that. It's not what I'm asking for. All I want for Christmas for the Hurricanes <laughs> is four months from now, them to be relatively healthy. Just relative health. Because I really want to see what this team can do. I really want to see them get, you know, most of their team healthy for the playoffs to see if this is the year. Because I think it can be. 
Alright. This is my first of three gifts. Is I am giving the Carolina Hurricanes, or actually I should say the Vancouver Canucks are giving the Carolina Hurricanes Bo Horvat for Christmas. Bo Horvat for Christmas? Yes. I think that he is a special hockey player. He's a bit streaky, but you also have to remember the Vancouver Canucks are not very good. And for the longest time in Vancouver, it has quite literally just been Bo Horvat. And I I think that if you consistently get, you know, the type of player that he is, you put him on the second power play, the second power play is going to... Hell, you could even put him on the first power play unit and bump somebody down. That's like a very real possibility as well because he's such a good player and he's also a noted Canes killer (laughs) granted the Canes only play the the Canucks twice a year but it seems like every game Horvat is scoring against them he's on a relatively cheap contract at 5.5 million he's due for a pretty solid raise but he's a big two-way center that can put up a ton of points um his career high is 61 with the Canes. He could probably hit that. Um, right now he's on an 82 game pace. He's on pace for almost 60 goals this season. He's 22 right now, which is insane. So that's what I'm giving the Carolina hurricanes. You add a player, another goal scoring weapon to this team, but somebody who also plays a responsible defensive game. That's going to be huge for Carolina. Yeah, I agree. All right, my second gift for the Carolina Hurricanes this Christmas season. Speed, baby. Look, the Hurricanes over the I don't last... know if that's <laughs> legal. All right, you're right. Wait, let's let's let me explain here a little bit. No, um <laughs> the Hurricanes the last couple of years have been known as a very very fast team. And I think in a lot of their players that still holds true. But I also have noticed a little bit of a shift, and they have some heavier players that don't have as much foot speed as they used to, especially in their middle six. So, I think the Hurricanes could use one more piece in their middle six that has a little bit more speed. And this is twofold, kind of. One is just... So Horvat is not (laughs) that guy? I mean, yeah, so Horvat would be great, but I'm just not sure he's all that logical. I mean, it, I don't want to go off yours, really, is what I'm going at. I don't uh, want to... All I'm saying is so that... if we get like, Horvat, then we get them the same gift together. That's cool. They can return Yeah, them. I'm saying I'd give up so much for Horvat. Like, yeah. you have I, the ability to keep him, like, and extend him as well. Oh, my God. I'd be cool with that. All right, so, one of the big ways... I, I said this on Twitter last night, actually. One of the big ways I think their lack of speed hurts them is on their second power play unit. And this is naturally going to be aided a little bit once Pacioretty and Ajo are healthy. Obviously, they're not going to be on that unit, but they're going to knock somebody down to that unit. And I don't know, maybe it's Tara Vinen, who's not like the fastest guy, but th- the reason they need this on that unit is their puck retrieval. I notice when they have guys like Paul Stasny and Jesperi Kokaniemi out there, after a shot, after a dump in, at certain times, they fail to get in on the forecheck and it's kind of an easy clear for their opponent. 
And I think having a little bit more speed on that unit that could get in there and pressure those could turn, lead to more turnovers. And leading to more turnovers obviously leads to more opportunities. Um, they, they, that unit has really struggled to like possess the puck in the offensive zone. And when they do, they often struggle to get shots off, especially ones that aren't blocked. So having somebody on that unit that's got a little bit more giddy up behind him, I think that would go a long way for that unit overall. And just, again, like the style the Hurricanes are playing, we talked about how they've kind of started to get to their identity the last couple of weeks. Speed never hurts, man. Having a little bit more speed on that unit. A guy like Andre, Andreas Athanasiu, how is he doing this year? <laughs> I'm sure he's doing fine, but he's not a player that would gel with Rod Brindamore because there is zero defense in his game. But, like, guys like that, like, it was just the first name that came to mind because he's fast. But, like, sure. a guy like that that would gel with Rod Brindamore's system, I think it would go a long way for this team. Make them a little mm-hmm. bit more dangerous. Not that they're not already, but sometimes the goals still aren't there as much as you'd like to see, so... That's fair. I think that would be a good gift. Uh, my second gift that I'm going to give the Hurricanes is actually for just one specific player. I'm giving Jalen Chatfield his first NHL goal. Good one, man. <laughs> you can tell him, like, you can tell at this point that, like, he wants that goal badly. He's he's shooting. He's getting involved in the play. He has been the whole year. But it seems like more now than ever. And just... He's not getting any bounces. Um, just, I just, he just needs to get one. And I think that if he just gets the one, he's going to start playing with a ton of confidence because that does eat at you. Derek Stepan even mentioned that. You know what? I'm going to call a little audible on my last gift. I'm a late shopper as is anyway, and we're only a couple of days from Christmas. So I think this is, you know, right up my alley. It's par for the course. This is going to kind of piggyback off my last, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that probably because I don't think he would be on that unit. For Christmas, for the Canes, I want a Jamison Reese debut. Ooh. I love the way he's playing in Chicago this year. We've talked about this a little bit. One thing we wanted to see was the offensive numbers take a step. I think they definitely have. You know what's funny? So I'm actually watching the Wolves as we're recording this, just in the background. Reese has had like a partial breakaway in this game. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov made a great save. And not even three minutes ago, he draws a penalty. And it feels like Reese draws at least one penalty a game. Um, So, you know what? As much as I don't think it'll happen, as much as I think, you know, their call-up option will be Jack Drury because let's be honest Drury has played very well um I just think you know Reese looks really good and if not this year then next year I think is his year for the NHL because he's he's looking like more and more like an NHL player as the season goes along well I mean and we've seen it in camp dude like in the preseason he's looked very very good like he plays the right way that you want a Rod Brendamore coach player to play. He's a massive pain in the ass to play against. He's got a little bit of offensive skill. I'm not sure he's, you know, I thought there was potentially second line upside there at one point in time. I've fallen off that at least a little bit. I think he can be a good third liner that provides a little bit of offense, but he's such a pest and like the speed, the playmaking ability. I just think he has a lot of things that could actually help this team. Now, it's probably not going to happen. If it does happen, it's probably not a good thing for the Hurricanes, honestly, because it means probably a couple of players have gotten hurt, which 
Obviously, this is not what we're that's obviously not what we're going for here. But if for some reason he just takes off and continues to build on his 20 points in 23 games and excellent play, what a gift for all that would be. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I can't uh can't argue. All right. My third gift, I'm gonna get Derek Stepon a toupee. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I had to end it on a funny note, man. Like, I, I don't know. They're, this team as constructed, I mean, I could say, oh, Pacioretty back. Yeah, no, that, that's a cop-out, dude. We know that's going to happen eventually, or at least we'd like to assume. Derek, step on. You're getting a toupee this Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be very excited. We will give him a call after the show to inform him of his gift. Um, Before we wrap up the segment... We are just going to throw two... I'm going to throw two more things out here. Matt, you can like it or not. One, I kind of already used the injury thing, so I I do just want to say at this holiday season, I hope for the best for Andre Kasha. Um, The guy's been through a lot in his very brief NHL career. He's still a young guy that's had a lot of talent and a lot of, you know, he's got an ability to be an impact player at the NHL um, level. So it, it sucks to see him going through this. So I hope no matter what this looks like, he makes the best decision for the good of his the rest of his life, really. Um, even if he does hang him up or if he does come back and is able to still have a lengthy career. like that, Obviously, that's best-case scenario. I would love to, for that to happen, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, and the other thing, Matt and I discussed doing this. I'm just going to throw it in here at the end anyway, even though we decided it's not something that's actually logical to happen, so we can't really use it. How about a written contract saying Alexander Nikishin comes over at the end of his KHL deal? How sick of a gift would that be? Or how about this? He just magically appears with all of his luggage and hockey equipment on the Hurricanes doorstep tomorrow. No questions asked. Santa brings him Christmas morning. He's on their doorstep. Yeah, that would be that would be lovely. Um, I don't know who you would take out of this lineup, but Somebody. <laughs> if it's Calvin DeHaan or Jalen Chatfield, I am so sorry to one of those guys, but Alexander Nikishin is him. He is. Dude, I think if and when he comes to the NHL, he's a top four defenseman that second. Like top four, like lineup wise? Top two pairings, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was like, damn, like top four, <laughs> top in, the four in the league. Looks <laughs> like shit. All right. Let's keep expectations a little lower around here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Like, Alexander Nikishin is well on his way to graduating from him university. I'd like to congratulate Pyotr Kochetkov on earning his PhD from him university. Um, that dude is different, man so good he might be the best defenseman outside the league outside of the nhl right now oh like, easily he's he's easily the best defenseman in the khl there you have it all right folks well that is our christmas segment we're not done yet we still got a little bit more to go but again happy holidays to all you guys and we're glad we are a little part of your holiday season um hope you get everything you asked for let's move on we got a couple more things to talk about before we get out of here. Chief among them, this time of year, along with our food and family and gifts, we always know we have World Junior Hockey to watch, which is one of the perks. Let's be real. One of the top perks. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. The Hurricanes have four players going this year. They got two from Finland, Alexi Haimasami and Billy Koivinen, my boy. Jackson Blake will be playing for the U.S. and Day. And, of course, Nikita Quap 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 will be playing for Team Germany. Um, Matt, what are we watching for, my guy? Um, all of our prospects are going to be great, and all of them are going to make the NHL immediately after the World Juniors. Well, I know that. Oh, okay. So what are we looking for other than the obvious? <laughs> all right. So basically what I'm looking for right now is I'll start from like the prospect that people know about the least, and then I'll work my way up to the most exciting ones. So Nikita Kwap first only has three starts on the year. Um, I believe he's been hurt for a little bit of it, and he's playing in the second league in Germany. Um, he's a long way away, but... Um, what I want to see from him is just some improvement over the last world juniors. Um, when he played in August, he would dominate like for 10 minutes in a period and then would let up a goal and then just fall apart and give up some real softies. Um, so I want to see him just be a little more consistent. I don't, Germany's going to get shelled. They have three NHL drafted players on their roster I don't think any of their other players are going to get drafted this year, maybe one or two, but um, it's definitely not a class where we're like thrilled about the Germans. So it's going to be a rough tournament. What I want to see from Quap is just the ability to make big saves for his team and at least keep them competitive against all of the competition. His like what I've seen from him is that, you know, he's a very smart goalie. He's very technical, but he's not the quickest or most athletic goalie and his rebounds can be a bit of a concern. So I just want to see at least little improvements in all of those areas, because really, when you're looking at the world juniors, you just want to see little improvements from the last point you saw him. And for me, the last point I saw him was in August at world juniors that were canceled and then redone right um jackson blake remind you don't put too much stock into this very small sample size correct yeah poorly does not mean they are going to suck just because a player plays great does not mean they are a surefire nhl star thank you and, and i mean the perfect example is like you know um there's different ways to like succeed in the nhl like nicholas Nicholas Waugh is a great example. Um, you know, he, he actually, you know, was on Canada's roster, had the last shootout attempt, and the puck rolled on his stick last second. USA wins gold. But now he's a really good player for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been great, dude. Yeah. He, he's, he's the one pl- prospect where I'm, <clears throat> I may have wanted us to keep. Yeah. Um does a lot of things really well. He's not putting up huge points this year. He had 15 goals and 39 points last season, but he wins faceoffs. He has a little bit of physical edge to him at least. He's a solid 3C. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's kind of like Jordan Stahl, not quite as dominant. And, I know. think I think the fact that the Hurricanes had Jack Drury coming into the fold as well as Jordan Stahl already under contract made Wah expendable. Right. Um but that's that's beside the point. The next player I'm looking at is Jackson Blake. Um, 
Blake is off to a phenomenal start this year. Uh, and I believe he's actually um, North Dakota's leading point scorer right now. Uh, let me let me fact check that real quick before I uh, put that out into the universe. But he has 21 points in 19 games. And yeah, that is that is first on the team. Um, it's definitely a rebuilding um, North Dakota roster. They have a lot of NHL draft picks, but not a lot of like high picks on their roster. I think all are in like the middle to late rounds. So Blake has been a dynamic player for them. He's one of those players that is just truly special with the puck on his stick. He makes plays happen. He's super quick insanely smart too so he knows exactly how to find his teammates and attack the play he just needs to get better defensively he's pretty bad i'd say defensively and uh still needs to get a bit stronger because right now he's trying to do a lot on his own and he can get knocked off the puck a little easy um himasalmi i'm expecting him to be the top defenseman for finland at this tournament he's just great in all three zones, really smart offensive mind, great skater, great playmaker. Shooting's okay. It's actually gotten a bit better, but I don't really look at a defenseman's shot as much. Um, he's just in, insanely smart. He's going to be their top power play quarterback and just put up a ton of points. I'm hoping Vili Koivinen um, turns things around. He's had a bit of a disappointing year, and that dates back to the last World Juniors. Um. Koivinen struggled to get things done offensively this year. His, his underlying numbers in uh, Finland are really good. He's actually one of the best um, players on his team in terms of playmaking. It's just his, for whatever reason, he it's not showing up on the score sheet right now. He has 13 points in 30 games, not bad, but um, he had a really good year last year, started to fall off. And then again, um, this year he's, he's just struggled to get over the hump. So I think, you know, if I feel like last year at the world juniors, that kind of, I feel like after the world juniors, his season kind of turned, took a downturn actually. Well, like, you know, and it's funny cause he, he had his line for those two games that they played was unstoppable. Uh, yeah. Um, he had, I think like five or six points in two games was looking ridiculous making all sorts of plays and being really smart. And then he just kind of fell off. And this, this year he's been a bit streaky with his scoring. Um, I think part of it is due to the fact that Carpat again, took a step back this year. They're not nearly as strong of a team, Um, but he's, he's just, he's struggling a little bit. And so at this world juniors, I want to see him be one of the top, U20 players I want to see him you know just show improvements over what I saw last I haven't watched him a ton this year um just because there's a lot of Kane's prospects I don't have time to watch them all especially with the work that I do already but um when I have seen him I'm still noticing that his skating is a bit of an issue and hopefully we'll start to see that get better well, we've seen it improve with guys like Jack Drury. I, I mentioned that last night. Like, I remember when his skating was an issue, and now he's actually pretty quick. 
Yeah, Drury Drury skating was always that like his, his top speed was a bit of a concern. And that's usually just a matter of getting stronger, stronger, which he has unquestionably. Koivinen, his top speed's a bit of an issue and his stride's a little wonky. Um I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into skating mechanics because I'm not elite prospects. I don't want to spend 30 minutes talking about a player's skating mechanics, but there's there's just a little bit of a hitch when he gets going that prevents him from getting to his top speed faster. Well, again, that's something that can be worked on, especially with yeah. NHL coaching. So hopefully that's something that's going to improve. Coivin is one of my favorite Canes prospects. Um, and I think he has legitimate upside in the NHL. So I'm really looking forward to watching him at the World Juniors. And I'm hoping this can be a little bit of a jumping point. Maybe he can go and see the puck find the twine a couple of times and then come back and finish the season strong. Like you mm-hmm. said, he's still creating. Like it's not like his underlying numbers are bad. It's just that the numbers aren't really showing what we would hope. Like I, I was kind of hoping for like an almost point per game season in like a big, you know, takeover kind of thing where he showed he was one of the top prospects in the league. Haven't quite gotten that, but there's still time and he's still got a lot of upside. He's only 19. He's still a guy that I think the Hurricanes are going to look forward to producing in the NHL a couple of years down the line. And back to Haimasami, just real quick, just to have my last little thoughts. I didn't realize just how good of a season he was having over in Finland. That's yeah, true. I think he's quadrupled his point totals from last he year. Three points in 47 games last year. He's got four goals and 12 points in 25 already. So about yeah. half the games and four times as many points already. <laughs> Obviously, in those European leagues, a lot of times those young players don't really get the minutes or the situations to put up big numbers in a lot of cases. So it's kind of hard to box score scout. But when you see a big upturn like this, I think that's definitely notable. It is. And with with Hima Salmi, um, he's averaging about 16 to 17 minutes a game. And that's more consistent. Um he has four points in his last five games. He's actually really on a tear. He has he has six points in his last uh, seven games. So he's just been really consistent. Um, I still think, you know, that he'll need to be a top producer. But even if he's not putting up points on the score sheet, as long as he's making plays, I'm happy. You know, obviously points don't always equal good. Right now he has two points uh, in all of the U-20 games that Finland's U-20 team has played. And for reference, Koivinen has six points, all assists, in five games. So, All right. We'll have a lot more coverage of that, obviously, as the games unfold. And afterwards, I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, to wrap things up here. Our last little gift to you guys. We did ask for fan questions this week. We got a couple of them, I know, last time I checked anyway. So we will get to those, and then we are going to get out of here. All right. First question. We're going to start with our buddy Trevor. At TML037 asks, Who's the odd man out when Freddy returns, and what do they do with them? Um, Ranta, I guess? I don't know. This is kind of a hard question to answer, actually, because um, a three-man rotation probably isn't beneficial to anybody, and especially when one of those guys is definitely giving you the best chance to win, and Frederick Anderson has a good chance to give you a very good chance to win as well. 
Hopefully he's going to get healthy. The Hurricanes need him back in shape. I talked about this a little bit earlier. They need him to be a, you know, reliable one B to coach Ekov the rest of the season. Um, so I, I guess the answer is Ranta, but I really don't know what they're going to do, to be honest with you. I, I don't know either. My educated guess, I guess I'll call it educated, is that they lean Piotr until he gets back down to earth, if that happens. And they find some sort of rotation for Anderson and Ranta that way. They're ready to go should the need arise. I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, whether it's, you know, Ranta gets one in every five starts or, you know, what, you know, that's something. So <laughs> the next question we got is from Andres. Andres, sorry if I have mispronounced your name. Why is Kachetkov losing his stick in 98.3% of his games? It's a const- It was a constant problem in Chicago last year. He's actually gotten a lot better at keeping his stick in his hands. Um, I think... In Soviet Russia, stick come to you. Right, exactly. Little known fact, actually. I believe that with, you know, Kochetkov, he's willing to do whatever he can to stop the puck, and he doesn't need his stick in order to make a save. So even if he drops his stick, he's going to just find a way to make a save. That's what it was like in Chicago. So if he loses his stick, maybe he doesn't have the best grip on it, whatever. It's not like he needs it, so I'm not that worried. Yeah, it's just his battle level, really, and his like willingness to do whatever it takes to stop the puck. You know, Sometimes yeah. that includes dropping your stick. <laughs> All right, the next one is from Cam Tate. Saying he read an article from the NHL saying that we should look at trading for Patrick Kane or Bo Horvat at the deadline. What are our thoughts on what a package would look like for either of them? I am not trading for Patrick Kane. Yep. Kane can eat shit. That's just a huge contract. And I feel like you can add two players for the cost of not only the cap hit for Kane, but also what it would cost to acquire Patrick Kane in a trade. Plus he's old and he's been kind of mid since he lost to Brinkett. Yeah, he's he's actually been kind of a liability this year at uh, even strength. Granted, so has the entire Chicago Blackhawks roster, but you know, ninety-two points last season. You know, he's been at a point in a game pretty much every year before that, but he's thirty-four now. So I don't know. I think his best years are behind him, and I just don't think it'd be worth it personally. Horvat, we can talk about Horvat. Starts at a second round pick, and I'm gonna say, like a Billy Koivinen and Alexi Himasalmi. Um, I'll go through you know some other prospects that we have that could be of interest. Like, a hell, you know what? You know, Brandon, this is gonna hurt you, Reese. It's probably like Jamison Reese has a ton of trade value right now. He's Close to the NHL. He's scoring at the AHL level. He's a fucking pest. Like yeah, he's he's young. He he can you can plug and play him anywhere in your lineup. 
He's having a hell of a season. Like, yeah, he turns 22 <clears throat> February 26th. Like, that's a player that if I'm the Vancouver Canucks, I'm saying, all right, if I can get a first-round pick in Jamison Reese for Bo Horvat, I look at that. Because yeah. they're like, that's prob- you're probably getting, you know, a solid third-line winger in Jamison Reese. And you're getting a first round pick, which can be another middle six or top four addition to your roster. As much as it hurts me, the way I look at it is, especially if the Hurricanes can extend Horvat. I mean, I take that. I do that trade any day. Might even cost a little bit more, but it's it's at least going to start at Reese and a first. If the Hurricanes got Bo Horvat for Reese and a first, I wouldn't cry too much. If the Hurricanes got Bo Horvat for, let's say, a first, like Seth Jarvis, which they, I don't think they're going to trade Jarvis, so that wouldn't happen no. anyway, or somebody like that, and then threw Reese on on top of it, I would be a pissy little boy. Unless it came with an extension. I mean, you, yeah, I don't know. Like if if he if he si- say he signs like a seven year extension upon being traded to Carolina, sure. Horvat okay. would be great. Um, I, I wouldn't be too upset about losing Reese. I mean, I, I, it would hurt my heart. Don't get me wrong, but it, it would be a nice consolation to have Horvat wearing red and black for the next however many years. Yeah. Um, c- do you think you can get it done with a package centered around? Okay, let's say a first round pick, Yasperi Kokaniemi, and then something else. No, because Jesperi Kokaniemi's contract right now is not something that a team is going to want to trade for. Right. Nobody's going to want to trade for that right now. I I do think that's like a little bit of a – I don't want to say it's an issue, but it's something we haven't really talked about. Do you think – this is getting ahead of ourselves, but do you think if he ever starts to – let's say he starts off next year kind of hot. Do you think the Hurricanes (laughs) will try to sell high on him? (laughs) No. You don't think so? The Hurricanes made that commitment. I think that people – are looking to trade him, and I really don't know why. Like, he hasn't put up points yet. He's not going anywhere. I I just think it's a fun conversation piece more than anything, and I see it a lot on Twitter, so. Yeah, reading less Hurricanes takes on Twitter has been fantastic for my mental health, let me tell you. (laughs) Um, I just think, you know, with Yasperi Kokanyemi, you made that financial commitment for eight years you're not going to trade him less than a year into that commitment right (laughs) especially considering the draft picks you also gave up so i just i don't get it i don't um if i'm vancouver and vancouver's not smart so they're not gonna do this if i'm vancouver i'm just saying listen we've been in just hockey purgatory for forever now we need to start an actual rebuild sell off you know keep Pedersen. you know keep hughes you've already got two franchise pieces to build around but also i like demko more than most too by the way yeah and i think you know once he has a better supporting cast around him he's going to be better but i think you know keep some of those franchise pieces all of a sudden, if you can acquire a few futures for some of your players, you're set up for the future and you have a great foundation to build around already. 
Vancouver just doesn't have a consistent vision right now. And I think that a Horvat trade could propel them in a good direction. Yeah. Will it? Probably not, because Jim Rutherford is their GM. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's my two cents on it. I think Vancouver needs to tear it down. So I think, you know, if Vancouver's looking the futures route, the Hurricanes seriously, they offer a package with a first-round pick and Jamison Reese. I doubt they look to move Morrow in a deal like that, but if there's a guarantee of an extension, I think they're at least going then I'd be willing to trade Morrow for that. Yep. All right. The next question is just just like a um, Andres actually has a second question. It's why was Drury sent to the Wolves and then recalled back the same day? I think it's just for the roster freeze. The NHL has a roster freeze for Christmas every year. And I think it was so that they'd be able to send him down for when Ajo plays tomorrow night. Uh, which is Thursday night against Pittsburgh, which will probably this episode will be out after that game on it. Yeah, it's going to be out. Yeah. Last question is from Marcus Zhang seven. He asked, do you think the Canes go all in once the trade deadline comes? And if so, what are their needs? <sighs> oh, it's another kind of tricky one to answer actually. Um, no, I don't think they are going to trade off every single piece they have in their system because I think they have a lot of contracts coming up in the next couple of years that they don't know what are going to like they don't know what's going to happen with all those players. Like there's a re- very real scenario that a player or two that is a key part of their foundation leaves, which is something we've talked about a lot here and it's it's a reason they need to they do need to go for it and make sure they are optimizing their chances right now. But at the same time, you have to be careful and have to make sure you don't totally wipe out your farm system because God forbid some of these players leave. You're still going to have guys like Svechnikov locked down. Um, But you don't want to be in a situation where you kind of need to reload and your prospect system's totally bare. With that said, I think this is going to be a time where if the price is right, if the Hurricanes can find a move for a player like a Bo Horvat, like we've talked about a lot on this podcast, if they can find a way to fit in a player like that and it costs them, you know, Jameson Reese and maybe even Scott Morrow, which I don't know how much value Scott Morrow would have to Vancouver because they already have their all offense defenseman D one, I guess a second guy wouldn't hurt, but I'm not, I just, I don't know if he would have the same value to them as he would to some other teams. But anyway, I, if you can find a way to fit a Bo Horvat in, even if it hurts you in prospect capital, I think you do it. Um, I wouldn't expect a whole bunch of trades for, you know, Andrew cop types that cost you a first round pick or something like that. Yeah. I think the hurricanes are going to look to add like a Bo that type game changer. Then again, this could all be bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Cause if you think about it, they're adding their game changer in max Pacioretty. He but is a I hockey player that. that exists and that, you know, is under contract with this team. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, that was their replacement for losing both Vincent Trocek and Nino Niederreiter last year. Kind of, you know, Kasha. Kind of, but the, the, the team is playing just as well, if not better. So that's the other side. Pacioretty. Right. But at the same time, you, you know, there's a chance that Don Waddell looks at the roster and says, okay, I don't, this team is 
about what they were last year and last year wasn't good enough. So what can we do to maximize our opportunity once the playoffs rolled around? Maybe he does want to go after a guy like Bo Horvat, who would be a perfect fit for this team. Let's I don't even know if we really talked about that. Like his two-way play, he's got he's he's a, he's a good skater, he's big, he can score goals, he can set him up. Like he literally is a complete hockey player. He's a lot like Brenda Moore now that I think about it. He's not as good defensively, but here's kind of here's a Brenda esque player. Here's what I see about this team that's different from last year. I'm actually going to agree or disagree with you on the fact that like what you said about this team being the same. I don't, I don't mean they're the same. I just mean they're, you know, maybe about the same level. Maybe. I don't know. I, I disagree though. I, I really disagree because here's what I'm thinking right now. They're getting better goaltending. That's true. Mm, I think they're getting healthy goaltending at the same level, which matters. The fact that it's healthy matters. Oh, good lord! Noel Gundler has a rocket of a shot. Did you score? Yeah, they're down four two now. But like, god damn, what a shot! I hope he hits, man. Yeah, he needs he needs a lot. But yeah, that's that's fascinating. That was a just a hell of a shot. He gets set up in the dead slot, and I'm like, you know what's coming. <laughs> um. Anyways, um. So they're getting healthy goaltending that's at the same level. That's a big deal because the goaltending clearly wasn't healthy. And during the Rangers series, those cracks started to show in Antiranta. Two, defense. The defense is so much different than it was last year. The third pairing is a lot better, which is a big deal because that's the pairing that's getting the tougher matchups in these playoff series, especially on the road. Then... You're also looking at the fact that Brent Burns is an upgrade over Tony D'Angelo, especially in the defensive end. Yes, he still makes those weird defensive miscues, and yes, his skating isn't great, but you don't have to worry about where Brent Burns is most of the time. We barely talked about him on this podcast. He's been playing some great hockey. His his The work he's doing with his stick to disrupt plays Defensively. on the rush – have has been elite lately yeah it's and, it's been a total 180 from early in the season he was struggling defensively lately he's yeah. been very good defensively and jacob so, slavin's freaking master class against jack hughes by the way yeah he's settling into the system and i think you know that's a big deal with d'angelo again it was just he got eaten alive during that ranger series and just from what i've seen from burns that's not going to be the case in the playoffs against any team yeah, we've said this. It was only a matter of time with Burns. Like, he just had to kind of settle into his role. We're starting to see that. Yeah. So, the third the third thing, and I think this is arguably more important than the other two, the depth scoring exists this season. It dried up badly in the playoffs last year, and I don't think it will. And it's weird because not much has changed about the depth of this team. Derek Stepan didn't play in the playoffs for some freaking reason. Um, but he's finding a nice role. You've got Stefan Nason getting power play time. And I think having a consistent net front presence is going to help the power play in the playoffs. Cause obviously the goalies are better. So having a net front presence is a big deal. I just think this team's better. Um, at least better on paper, obviously are they better in execution? Only time is going to tell, 
this could be one of those things where the team's like, you know what, all we need to add is like a small piece. Maybe we look to upgrade over a Calvin DeHaan or a Jalen Chatfield. Not that they've been bad, but you know, if you're looking for ways to make your team better, that's an option. Yeah. Maybe they look for like another depth forward type, but you know, if they're looking to win a Stanley cup, look to make a big splash and add a top player like a Bo Horvat. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm more or less in agreement with you on everything you said. Um, it's it, it's going to be kind of come down to how they're playing between now and then too. But yeah. I mean, think about the depth, like too, if you are able to get like an Andre Kasha back and have Max Patcher already healthy or at least semi-healthy and like contributing, this team's depth is going to look really, really good. So that's the one hand. The other hand, what would a Bo Horvat do or a Bo Horvat add due to that group like imagine that group and then adding a Bo Horvat on top of it yeah just adding like this team it's, it's gonna be like a firing squad it's gonna be you know how they used to call like the the Yankees way back like in the early days murderers row it's gonna be like that but with hockey like it's just a bunch of players that can score goals and just consistently wear you down it's going to be four, like adding Pacioretty back to this lineup and then adding a player with the caliber of Horvat is literally going to give the Canes four scoring lines. Yeah, well, that's where I was about to go with that. Because, like, like, let's say in that hypothetical, you got Sebastian Ajo, Tebo Terabainen, and Seth Jarvis. You've got Svechnikov centered by Bo Horvat with Martin Natchez on the other side. You got the stall line. You can pretty much keep them as is. And then I feel like I'm even pushing somebody down. But then you've got on your fourth line, Yesberry, Kokaniemi, Stefan Nason, and Paul Stasny or something like that. That's a hell of a fourth line. <laughs> that's a ridiculous lineup. Like, that's, that's, and that's the of... thing is, and it's so funny. That's not like the way Rod runs his lines. That's not like a true fourth line. You know, like other teams, their fourth line might get like nine, 10 minutes a night. That's a line that could get like 13 minutes. And again, you're like, oh, well, it's only four minutes more. I was like, that's four more minutes to score. <laughs> I, I just think like, you know, add that player. You've got a solid defense already. You've got great goaltending right now. Just fill this lineup with players that can play Rod Brindamore style hockey and absolutely just kill the opposition with how much they score. <laughs> yeah i don't and the, and it's funny it's like we're gonna we're gonna hype up this trade deadline and it's gonna be another thing where like a max domi type trade right falls in at the deadline or we're gonna get another equivalent of like uh you know the greg mckeg deal where we're all just like really that's it <laughs> It's a long episode, but you know what? It's Christmas time. We can treat our lovely fans with a bit a of a longer episode. Yeah. We appreciate everybody. Um, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know if there's any emotions you could be feeling about the Hurricanes right now, except for just like pure excitement. Like this team is currently on a heater, 12 game point streak a six game winning streak and they don't seem to be cooling off 
You've got the Great Wall of Penza, Pyotr Kochekov in net right now. Pyotr the Great, even. Um, this team is just fun. Don't know if we are going to see you again this year. Um, not 100% sure what next week is going to look like. We, we, if you recall, a few weeks back or a month back or however long ago it was, we, were, we did a live stream and we were talking about doing some YouTube content. That is still in the works. It's just there's a lot that goes into it, so we're still we're trying to figure it out. Um, but we do have one plan coming up soon that's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun. So next week, we may try to get that out instead of an actual podcast. We'll see what happens. It's kind of up in the air. If we don't see you until 2023, we love you guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All that good stuff. Yes. Um, or maybe we will see you next week. I don't know. Right. It's it's very ominous. Like, well, <laughs> we might see you. Um, <laughs> but folks, we, we're just truly thankful for everybody. We're we're huge, huge shout out to Kane's stats. Um, we Brandon and I do this just because we love the team. And we we just really like talking hockey. Uh, if we weren't like, you know, we, we could easily have two hour long episodes every week just because of how much we love this team and how much we could just talk about it. Um, and that sounds like a lot of editing for me. It does sound like a lot of editing, which is part of the reason why we don't have two hour long podcasts. But, you know, it, it truly is just a a work of love from us and we're just a long way man since just like two we have i'm very proud of this little project of ours just starting up some random little bullshit talking hockey didn't know if anybody would listen (laughs) yes um i can speak for brandon i think when i say this that we we really even if nobody listened we would still be doing this just because we really do enjoy it and the fact that we do have so many folks listening to us on a weekly basis uh, just you know, one episode, two episodes, whatever. We are just truly thankful. Possibly for the last time this year. We'll see. It is a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. 